We all know we are supposed to drink more water, but how much plain water can you really drink? Well, drinking more water just got easier with new Bigelow Botanicals Cold Water Infusion. Simply open the foil pouch, drop in the bag, and add cold water to make a refreshing, flavored water. Bigelow Botanicals are not only delicious, but calorie and caffeine-free. Staying hydrated has never been so easy with flavors like strawberry, lemon, orange blossom, and watermelon, cucumber, mint. Bigelow Botanicals are a new reason to love your water. Hi, I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com and co-host of our Naturally Savvy podcast. And I am Lisa Davis, MPH health educator, co-host of Naturally Savvy and author of the book, Cleaning and Dirty Sex Memoir Cookbook Healthy Lifestyle Guide. At Naturally Savvy, we are here to help you make healthier lifestyle choices. So we are so honored that you are tuning in to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. And we are here to engage you, have fun, and help you live your healthiest lifestyle. Now- Onto the show. I just read a fantastic book and I read a lot of books. And this book, I just have to say, wow. Number one, you need to go out and get it because there's so much incredible advice. It is called Living Your Best Life How to Think, Eat, and Connect Your Way to Better Flow. It is by Dr. Robert Kiltz, MD. Dr. Kiltz is a board certified OBGYN and reproductive endocrinologist and founder and director of CNY Fertility, one of the largest and most dynamic fertility centers in the country, featured in the Wall Street Journal, Today Show, and CNBC for helping shape the future of fertility medicine. Dr. Kiltz has earned recognition outside of the fertility world for pioneering the holistic health movement. His latest title, Living Your Best Life, released on April 21st, 2021. And that is the book we're talking about today. Hello, Dr. Kiltz. Welcome. So thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be uh, with you today and sharing uh, my new book and some ideas and thoughts that uh, I've been living because I need it more than anyone else. Well, let me tell you, the book is amazing. So it's divided into mind body and spirit. And within each of these sections, you have so much advice. For example, uh, chapter one, thoughts are things. You write every thought, action, and intention you have creates a vibration, a ripple effect that extends out into the universe. Well, energy is everything and we can't see it, but we feel it. We know about electricity. It makes all the devices work. And without it, uh, we wouldn't live the amazing lives we live today. And so there is a, a energy within every cell of our bodies, but it emits throughout the universe. And what most people don't understand or think about is that every thought you have actually has a vibrational energy, like a note on a piano or an instrument. We know that it can feel right or it can sound horrible. Uh, thinking is critical and the right thinking is critical. So practicing that will change your life first. Yeah, and that's what I love because you give us tips to practice that. But before we bring up some of those tips, I love that you write, historically, the notion of self-fulfilling prophecies has always been negative because it represents the extremes of these powerful truths at work. Positive miracles happen every single day when we utilize the power of thought. These positive instances should perhaps be called self-fulfilling miracles. I love that. It's all a miracle if you think about it. And the real challenge, though, is even to take the things that we think are negative and bad and turn them around and recognize in their pieces of the puzzle to create our, to create our most amazing lives. And so, you know, the hero's journey from Joseph Campbell, you can read all the stories that ultimately there's fault and failure in order to get to the place that you look back and you say, Oh my God, it was all for good. 
Yeah, absolutely. I also love this. A fear. Faith evolves and restores. Expand on that for us. Well, ultimately, we all have fear and we all worry and we all regret and judgments. It's our nature. But I love to change words around and, and, and create some positive spin to it like any other story. And so faith... I believe that faith trumps everything and you have to have faith in the miracles and amazing, uh, uh, outcomes of life in general. And, and faith, I always say, number one, uh, it evolves and restores all things. So in the problems, the faults, the regret, the judgment, the negativity, we could then stop for a moment and rethink about it and recognize that God, spirit, higher power, the universe is always working in our favor. So, you know, again, we all experience failures and, and fear, but then how do we kind of shift them and turn them around? That's the thing that I found so much so valuable for my life, but I've just learned it from others that have shared this for thousands of years. Well, what I like too is that you, again, share ways to help. So you start each day with the daily intention you talk about affirmations and positive thinking. For people who do, what does that mean, a daily intention? Well, we often wake up to the news, the, to the troubles in the world, or our brain has only got to get to get to work, and we have then negative thoughts about work. But um, and, and maybe we're going to get on the treadmill, we're going to eat a healthy breakfast, we're going to do the things outwardly that seem like the right thing. But if we don't change the construct of our thinking, we can't realign our brain and our mind and the energy that we're working to realign. So um, I listen to or I write or I read or I do all of those things every morning, which is going to bring me gratitude and love and faith and kindness to myself that I can then emulate and share it with the rest of the universe. And, and that, again, creates that energy vibration that is the right note and tone that will attract to our lives the things that we really so desire. Um, so those daily intention inspiration. So much of what I recommend is not only that first thing in the morning, you wake up from your, 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 your beautiful restful sleep. And the first thing I do is always say, thank you, God, Lord, creator for the day, or thank you for that wonderful sleep. The gratitudes that you bring to your mind will vibrate to all your cells and then beyond that. And we should do it multiple times a day. That's one of the most important things I think we can do. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you talk about, you mentioned sleep and waking up with that restful sleep. Two, if your thoughts persist, gently visualize your palm hand out, pushing them away as you think about something more peaceful and pleasurable. I love that. You do that again in the book where you're talking about negative thoughts and you're like literally putting your hand out and saying, stop. I think having that extra image and that extra movement in your body is really important. And and the the intention is almost like the morning and uh, the morning intention is you want to then create that in the evening where you begin to emulate the gratitude of those things and we all have things that no matter what the the, the negative thoughts find their way in our <laughs> yeah. brain and we we go over there and so our the real trick here is to sort of maybe even again for that for now you hold them back uh, but then sometimes maybe you even need to give them some love because love is often what those negative things are missing in order to see them from a different light. And the better we can do that right before we go to sleep. And I too go to bed about eight thirty, nine o'clock every day, which is critical. We early to bed, early to rise is critical for healthy and wise. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I like that you have learning from your dream, analyzing your dreams. Because, okay, so before we got on, and we can see each other. So I was joking about that, you know, the audio is just capture, the video isn't. Otherwise, I'd have to do something with my hair. So I've been growing out my hair for COVID. Usually, I have somewhat of a style. Right now, forget it. But I've been having dream. Thank you. He's been giving me a nice okay symbol. But lately, I've been thinking of cutting it. And now every night, I'm having weird hair nightmares. So maybe that's not bad dreams. Maybe they're creative dreams. Maybe we need to rethink and look at our dreams as creativity for our waking moments also so that you know cut your hair i cut my hair myself for well i've been doing it for years anyway and i do put <laughs> spiky stuff in it yeah it looks the good it's beautiful by the way Thank and, you. and uh, i'm a big fan of saltwater pools for sure uh, but i would say that if you can you can see the dreams and the things that you have in the dreams you know put your i have a journal by my bed i'm always writing i often actually just dictate into my phone these thoughts and ideas which is a good way to put stuff down uh but imagine actually that they're just all the the pieces of the puzzle the paint the canvas i mean i paint and i make some really bad canvas painting mm-hmm. uh but I, I do enough of them that someone looks at some of them and goes, wow, that's amazing. That's beautiful. So maybe we just need to sit back and let all the pieces of the dreams come together. And then eventually they show exactly what it is. But take risk and cut your hair, by the way. But you have beautiful hair. I'm not telling you because it's not beautiful now. It is. Thank so. you. No, but it's so funny because I think it's like that fear. I'm afraid. Like, what's the worst that can happen? So I cut like three inches off. My hair grows really fast. <laughs> it's just like this. You, you, you right? want to do what you're afraid to do in life because that's the only way you grow and you get to the next level. Uh, quite often we hold back because of that fear, how we're going to look, how we're going to feel, or how we're going to be judged. But ultimately you're the only one that can judge yourself and you have to take some risk in order for you to finally look back and say, wow, I'm glad I did that fearful thing. And here I am. I learned and I, I, I grew beyond that. And now there are more fearful things. There's always something fearful in front of you. That is so true. I love that. In chapter four, healthy self-talk, you write, having a healthy relationship with ourselves is the one thing that impacts our happiness the most. You talk about good tapes and bad tapes, and we all have them. So expand on that for us. Well, we're we're all very self judgmental in more of a negative way i think that's our sort of our nature and so that that talk is always going on behind us about why someone doesn't like us why we were rejected why i'm not very good at this or that and so you just need to begin to to change the real um if you read um uh, the Secret by Rhonda Byrne and there are infinite numbers of uh, law of attractions and these ideas that it's only us that can change the story. And so you're writing a new script, you're creating a new play and you want to begin by, wow, I love you. This is awesome. And again, I really love that person that I might be rejecting then it'll change the energy and the vibration within the brain. It actually creates the outside world. And if you have never read the book called The Three Magic Words by U.S. Anderson, it's one of the sort of those great weird books, but it helped you realize uh, much of the power that we all have within ourselves. But you know, I journal every day, infinite times a day. But sometimes it's only a few, a line, a line of I love you and thank you, God, for this day. Uh, and a list of my gratitude things. That's where I think we need to start. And it's the 
It's the script because this is just a movie and you decide if it's a good, a good movie or a bad movie. Uh, and again, even the bad ones are going to build to the good ones, but be the script writer, the director, the producer of uh, the camera person. And those are the, the helpful things that we need to do. And ultimately it's all a mental attitude. Yeah, I love that. I also love that you talk about when things don't serve you, when you have thoughts and you write this thought, these are things you can say, quote, this thought does not serve me well. This thought is really just a fear. It's not fact. I cannot afford to think about this right now. Stop. You are not welcome in my mind. Well, well, and there, we're all built on anxiety because out in the wild, you know, you're not going for a walk in the Serengeti or the Savannah. You got to be careful. And so our brains do not know the difference. We are obviously much more safe in our environments, but your brain and body and we're all a little different. Our sensitivities, our feelings uh, are all have different triggers. And some of them are like this and some of them are just like, don't move. And so we really need to recognize something about ourselves. Are we more an auditory or a visual or a kinesthetic? Um, and you learn a little bit about your nature. You can begin to work on these things. And in some way, you have to accept them. And you have to let go of that which you know to get to where you want to go, which is kind of even letting go of the fearful things is like, okay, I can let this go. And I'm going to focus on where I want to go and what I want. Yeah. I also like that you talk about replacing harmful thoughts with positive thoughts, surrounding yourself with love, expressing gratitude, something I've been wanting to try for years. And I still can't believe I haven't because I've done shows on it and I've talked about it is the EFT, emotional freedom techniques. I'm so glad. Share a little bit about that. Well, 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 um, uh, there are, there are meridians of energy and we've been utilized in, in acupuncture and massage and in, in all sorts of other healing methods. But by finding, uh, some, some, uh, uh, touch points where you can either do a, a massage or, or tapping, uh, there's lots of different ways to do these things. And it's likely thousands of years old and finding some ways to sort of reduce anxiety just imagine people who tap their feet or they you know they tap on the desk and things like that and maybe in some ways they're all related uh to to healing energy uh music you know we know when we were we're we're doing music i play the guitar a little bit i'm bad at it but i just sit down and i play my 10 chords and it's relaxing so find one of those points and one of the things over this COVID, our separation, is we're losing our touch and connections, which I think that, in a sense, self-touch is is all critical for our human beings. And then our partners or, or, or going to a massage therapist and acupuncturist can help. But EFT, I think, is a, another technique that can be helpful for so many people that are finding themselves in anxiety. I'm ADHD, OCD. I was dyslexic. I mean, I've got all those things. And so for me, I, I have to always be doing something. And for some, it may be finding those meridians and tapping points. And I'm not an expert at it. There are plenty of really great experts to help guide you in those things. Yeah, there really are. So that was just some of what was in the mind portion. There's so much more. We're going to jump to the body. Love your body. This is something that I'm struggling with now as I'm aging. 
And I know a lot of women in midlife are like, what's going on over here? I'm like, what, what is this? Like, I've never had a little belly before. Or what, why does my skin seem kind of lax? Like, what's going on, you know? And I, it's just... I, I don't like that because I feel like I know better than that. I know that all of our bodies are beautiful, but then I'm in the mirror going like, there's this thing on my face. I'm like, is that, is that a pimple or is that a, like a sun damage? Should I get that lasered off? Which <laughs> help me, Dr. Kiltz. Okay. So we're, we are human beings individually, the most expensive, irreplaceable, valuable entity created in the universe. We are more valuable than a Ferrari. Uh, we are the temples and not the amusement parks. We must first love ourselves, no matter where you're at, what you think have happened, anything, because love is the universal power of creativity and healing. And so it's your body. Personally, I think Western medicine has done a disservice to uh, uh, men, women, uh, children, young and old, all of us, by by judging our size, our shape, our, our age, our weight. Um, and all these things. So first is to love. And you must look in the mirror and see the God, the spirit, the beautiful energy within you. And if there's something you want to change, where there's an immense amount of things that you can begin to do that, but you're more apt to do it when you think more positively and loving of yourself. So that's really critical. I personally, in my medical practice, don't label people as obese or, or, or overweight or anything. Uh, I, I look at their size and shape to understand a little bit about their physiology and metabolism. But number one, no matter your size, shape, age, weight, or anything, you've got to find love within that human being because we're all beautiful, amazing human beings every day. I'm a big fan of the health at every size movement. I don't know if you're familiar with that. I think you would like it because it really talks about instead of, you know, looking at the number on the scale or worrying that you're overweight, just move your body in a way that makes you happy and eat healthier foods and just, you know, let's just move and and enjoy ourselves instead of this, like, Oh my God, I'm not this size and I have to be this. So I love your attitude, especially as a doctor. So one of the things you talk about in love your body is a healthy inner dialogue. And that's what I'm working on. So give us some tips for that. Well, I'm always listening to others. Your podcasts have positive podcasts. Uh, There are so many people that have written more positive stories. I, I listen to books all the time. I may go for a walk or a bike ride, uh, or I'm in my pottery studio or my painting studio. But I think the most important part is you want to listen to or read or watch upbeat and positive things. Because, you know, if you're going to watch the news of the world, which, you know, it's obviously we're trying to be informed about how to make positive changes in the world. But sometimes we, we live them. See, the brain has no idea that there's anything but reality. So everything you watch or read or listen to is real to your brain. And so that's where all the fear and the anxiety and the negative energy comes. So this is where I make sure I'm I'm reading a good positive book every day. Living uh, your best life. It's that's awesome. why I wrote my Daily Intentions Inspirations book or my Fertile Secret book, which is about even in the fertility world, the power of positive thinking is paramount. Whether you believe in an outside God or not, it doesn't matter. But the inner dialogue is critical. And it's about what you write, what you read, what you listen to, what you watch. Uh, all the inputs of the body are your responsibility. 
And when you take responsibility, what goes in the mind and the mouth and how you move the body, then you can change uh, the the whole construct of your health and wellness in 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 this beautiful, amazing life we live. Naturally Savvy Podcast is sponsored by Morphus for Menopause. Now in Chapter 8... Active living. I like this. You write, don't do it for your body. And I'm like, wait, what is, wait a second. But then I read it and I got it. But just give us a little, little bit about that. Well, ultimately, it's all actually for the mind. Mm. There's nothing. The, the thing, Remember, it's back to the, the energy and spirit of, of our, we're just an energy. And, you know, if you get hit by lightning, you might die. But if we give you a little shock, you come back to life. And it's just somehow this electromolecular energy that's critical. And so when you're doing everything for the, for the mental construct of improving your vibrational internal energy, it'll, it'll vibrate to the, your body. And if you think about it again, no matter your size, shape, age, weight, or whatever it is, you can radiate the most amazing positive loving energy when you put it in the mind. And so for me, I don't really exercise any longer. I used to, although lately I've been doing a little bit of weights and a little bit of walking on my treadmill just because we still had some snow recently. But but getting out into life and ride a bike, go out in nature, get a camera, go out and 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 move, as you said earlier, we got to move in life. Uh, but the movement, you want to make it creative because then the brain is going to feel the the joy of the accomplishments that you're doing in life. And at the end of the day, just every single moment of your day matters. It's not yesterday. It's not tomorrow. It's just like the moment we're living in the power of now, as Eckhart Tolle is so uh, uh, wonderfully written about, that uh, movement helps the mind, which ultimately vibrates to every cell of your body, reduces inflammation, and will hopefully you know, put cancer at bay and all sorts of other autoimmune diseases at bay. And I think that's really the power of, of uh, movement and motion. It's for the mind. I also love that you write in this chapter, Active Living, quote, being active also gives us the time and space to think. Well, and, and ultimately it, it puts us in a time and place where it gives us better thinking if you think about it. So that's it. It's it. And, and ultimately time is a construct of the mind that we are actually creating anyway. So the more we can work on, on creating our time. So like, Oh, I have no time. Well, that's because you said that. But ultimately you're the creator of the time. Let's help you create time and so i mean i work a lot but i love my work so i never work and ultimately i get into my pottery studio i i do i do pottery and painting i've been i've been doing pottery for like 50 some years and and but be creative that's such an important part of our lives we're failing to become a bad artist so and the only way to get to become a good artist is start by being a bad artist <laughs> I know. I still color like I'm in kindergarten, so I'll keep yes. that in mind. But it's I fun. do too. Oh <laughs> yes, and and you know, if you go to these modern art museums, you'll see a little white dot on a black canvas, and it's a million dollars. 
<laughs> Maybe I should get into that field. Oh, okay. Uh, now, in Chapter 9, Food for Life, you talk about listening to your body, conscious eating, avoid multitasking at mealtime. One of the things I love to do, and I've talked about this before, I'm really lousy at meditating, which is something that is in the earlier part of the book. People need to get the book so they can read about that. But I find when I mindfully eat, I love it. You know, it's hard if I'm eating with my family or friends, obviously. But when you're just, when I'm by myself, and especially if it's a meal that's really special, like I made something decadent or something, I love to just not be doing anything but just closing my eyes. Well, looking at the plate first, putting my mouth in close. I'm like trying to find my plate. Um, closing my eyes and just enjoying the meal. So I like that a lot. Well, well, y- you know when it's a good meal when there's silence at the table, right? Oh, that's true. But but I do I typically do a twenty three and one. I eat only one meal a day in that one hour and I work to drink water. I've been off coffee for about four weeks now just because I was doing it. And uh, but I would say that that whenever you're eating, be mindful of the beautiful people that have brought together that meal for you and, and whether you cooked it or grew the food or raised the animals, whatever your choice is, um, we wanna honor the source of the food and even nature's beautiful energy to provide it for us because without other living things, we could not be alive. And, and that's the, the truth to, and whatever your diet choices are. Yeah, absolutely. In chapter 10, taking responsibility for you life for your life. You talk a lot about intuition. What does that mean to you? And also what are tips to develop your intuition? Well, well th- there's a little sort of maybe formulas to that intuition that, you know, when something feels wrong, uh, but often we don't act upon it. We, we know it and we do nothing about it. But, and that's now time to take responsibility for like, Hey, you know what? This isn't the right place for me or I'm not doing the right thing, which, which then is time to just take responsibility for making the changes. And maybe you're going to hurt someone's feelings or you're going to hurt something or you're going to feel like you gave up on something. You should have put more energy, but you have to be the one to make and take the responsibility and we're often afraid of 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 uh, hurting hurting things or failing at something we don't like to fail we like to succeed at everything and i'm one that is probably more to that and sometimes i do need to give up on things and say you know what i have to let go of that that's not going in the right direction and i recognize that sometimes i have to learn to say no more sorry just not not i i'm not fitting me at this moment for whatever reason. And quite often, you don't even have to give a reason. It's you. You have the right to be you and to stand up for where you want to go and what you want. And you don't have to fight anyone. Often, we're just fighting ourselves, if you realize it. Uh, that brain, that thinking thing keeps on getting in our way. But uh, be take responsibility for all outcomes in your life. Ultimately, everything is our judgment and our perception of, of whatever anyone else thinks or does. It's in our brain. So if we begin to res- take responsibility and make the changes and step back or move forward, depending on which way is the right way, but ultimately there's only one person responsible in your life for you, it's you. Yep. Now, moving into spirit, that's the last part of the book, which is great. You've got the laws of the universe, creating the ideal you, connecting to, to source, intuition, our inner voice, living, living in the flow. You write, in the laws of the universe, there are universal laws or laws of nature. The principles that balance the universe are everything in it. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, faith and the belief in that higher spirit, ultimately, I think, is the all-encompassing concept of the universe. And so faith is always first to me, or belief. Whatever you believe in comes true, because 
That's the truth of the universe. And so there are infinite number of philosophers and spiritual writers and sages who have written, written uh, ideas that have given us human civilization, if you think about it. And religion has brought us a lot of concepts that have been important to our creativeness in life. Mm-hmm. So you can't take that away, whether you decide you want to be in one religion or not, but faith in that higher power, which I label as God. I was raised Catholic. Um, I've gone through the whole gam the whole gamut of of um of uh atheist, agnostic, spiritualist, Buddhist, uh Hindist, um uh and and now I'm kind of back to this belief in a philosophy of Christianity, but it all melds if you look at Judaism, even Hinduism uh, and 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 Islam, they all have the basic same foundation. And if you actually look at most most human societies in this world, almost identical. Uh, so faith, you got to come back to that those writings because ultimately, here we're talking about a book. We're talking about ideas. This is what I think separates humans for other from other organisms. Not to take away the fact that these other organisms they are absolutely very intelligent. Uh, but we are learning some things and trying to be better to, to sort of get along with all those organisms in the universe for sure. So faith first. All right. Now, you write about higher versus lower vibrations. What does that mean? Well, we kind of all know when you're in a in a good spirit and feeling up and you're in a down spirit and feeling down. Right. And, and energy is always moving. And and there are going to be different energy vibrations, like you'll hear sounds of a musical instrument, and it'll vibrate and make you feel good, or you feel like, you know, that just isn't vibrating right for me. And so we recognize that we all sort of have different perceptions and ideas and likes and dislikes. So in essence, you're finding the thing that fits right for your vibration, which is different than my vibration. Uh, although I look under a microscope, our cells look identical and, and our DNA is almost identical, but there's something vibrational going on within our bodies that's related to the electromolecular energy that we need to find the right vibration. And so whether it's something we can really hear, I mean, energy is actually, you can't even see it, right? Mm. I mean, we're just, our perception of all the things that we have are based on our human perception but other organisms feel and see it very differently but ultimately the vibrational energy that you want to put yourself into is critical and find the things that give you the joy as long as you know these we can do harmful things to our body between alcohol and drugs and tobacco or or maybe overheating the body and doing too many activities that ultimately are too dangerous for the body in manifesting your desires, there's a lot of talk about that lately. Like if you want something, you can manifest it and put it out there in the universe. And I've always found that kind of woo-woo, to be honest. I'm not trying to <laughs> I feel like it, it's not enough that you have to actually take action and do things. And it's not enough to be like, I want to be the next Oprah. Like I could put that in the universe forever. And I'm, I'm not. But I'm okay. working really hard to do my thing, which is pretty cool. You see what I'm saying? But I'm not just going to sit around and wait for the universe to give me stuff. Okay. Do I, I want wrong? to be the next Oprah or I am the next Oprah. Oh. Two different ideas. Okay. So 
So ultimately, this is the challenge. Listen, I'm a scientist. I was a Western doctor. Like all this woo-woo stuff and God stuff and this higher power stuff and all this living your best life book stuff is like bull to me at one point. You know, it just didn't make sense. And until I suffered. And then I began to dig deep into learning. My good friend Craig Humphrey uh, uh, taught me a lot about Buddhism and philosophy. And I started listening and learning and practicing and that was the thing that changed my life. And the more I practice this, the more just shows up. And it's like, whoa, this is amazing. But it's one of those things that as a scientist, I want to see the data, data. But I call data doo-doo. And ultimately, <laughs> we get distracted by data. Faith is the number one thing of the universe. And the more you dig deep into the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Bhagavad Gita and and the Quran, you begin to see in actuality, faith in God is first. And when you look in the mirror, there she is. And now all you need to do is change the construct of a thought. When your partner, husband, friends, or children say to you, I love you, how do you feel? When they get angry at you and they run away from you, how do you feel? So they're only sharing thoughts. Well, actuality, you're interpreting the experience and your thoughts are creating an electromolecular change to your cells. Those electromolecular changes vibrate, create energy of attraction or repulsion, and it begins to build your strength and power to then move. The, see, we're, we're thinking, oh, it'll never happen unless I do something. Well, you don't have to worry about that. That's going to come. All you need to focus on is keep the thought of what you desire as if it already is. And then it will be that or better. The challenge is, is to now see the better, even though it isn't what you wanted, is actually the better. I think I got that. That was really helpful. I, 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 I'm I, still a little like, mm, but I'm, I, I'm open. <laughs> it's woo-woo, no doubt about it. Right. But because we are so tangible to the things that we hold, right? But if you actually understand the string theory and, and, and quantum physics and, and energy, and, and in fact, so much of what happens in our body is due to an electrical energy forces that are attracting and repulsion. And that's where the glycocalyx comes in. It's the charge. It's the negative charge. And you change charges by changing thinking. Right. It's radical. Yeah, no, it is. I do. I, I, I'm listen. I'm, I'm open. Uh, chapter 15, the last chapter in your book, living in flow. You write part of living a life in flow is knowing where to turn your attention and focus. And the only one that knows that is you. And that's the challenge, right? No one can tell you only you can. And the, the hard part for most of us is we sort of live the life we think our parents wanted or the priest or the professor or someone else wanted. But then what we're not recognizing the fact that actually we're the one that determines even that story. And so you're the one that determines whether you want to be writing books or uh, doing podcasts or, or taking care of patients in a, in a, in a medical center uh, or, 
walking around the world and doing something kind of crazy and outrageous, you're the one. But when you begin to feel the joy of it alone, so always living on nature's energy. So I'm very alone in this world. And all of us in some way are alone, right? And we're worried about being alone. But when you can actually embrace that, then you'll feel uh, the flow of wherever you're going and whatever you're doing. And the real trick is to imagine that where you're at and what you're doing is perfect. That's the real flow. That is beautiful. We got to end on that note because that was great. All right, Dr. Kiltz, how do we learn more about you and your fantastic book, Living Your Best Life? DrKiltz.com has got a sort of... uh, 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 a bunch of little ideas that I've been throwing and sharing through the through the universe. Our books on on the living your best life, uh, the fertile secret, uh, the fertile feast, uh, podcasts, recipes for keto. We're working on more vegan, vegetarian recipes uh, for everyone, and um, that's a good place to go. And it is, Doc, do you spell it out, Doctor, or uh, just dr kilts dot com, Doctor Robert Kilts dot com. K-I-L-T-Z. Okay. Yeah, I accidentally, I accidentally my notes put K-L-I-T-Z. <laughs> well, I'm a gynecologist at start, and, and it's pretty common. That's pretty common. But uh, And I've even seen whitefertility.com. Uh, we share a lot of our ideas uh, for those that are that are working to have a children, build a family, and suffering, which we integrate all these concepts and ideas, which I think are critical. Yeah, I do too. Thank you so much, Dr. Kiltz. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you. God bless. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.